What's going on, y'all? This is John Newby with John 2020 at Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb podcast. And first, I wanted to say and give a shout out to y'all. Thank you. My podcast is doing really well. It's uh, reaching all over the world. Um, I get the uh, the stats back and my, my podcast is growing. And I can't thank you enough. Um, I'm very humbled. And uh, I give all praise to the Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, today's podcast is going to be... Um, y'all seem to like whenever I talk about Jordan Peterson or whenever I talk about world events, like a hosh of stuff. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, we're going to talk about a few issues that's going on. And the first one is going to be DeMar Hamlin. And if any of y'all don't know, DeMar Hamlin is a, uh, defensive back for the Buffalo Bills who about, about a month or so ago, um, his heart stopped beating on the field. And then it was against the Bengals, and they stopped the game, and the game was eventually canceled. And of course, there was this large outcry, especially in the Christian community, to pray for him and his recovery. And he came back to uh, seem to be in a normal status. Like he's walking around now. His, uh, I think his heart stopped for around 13 minutes, so something like that. It was a very serious situation. But, uh, and then DeMar himself would go on Instagram or, uh, or other social media platforms and, you know, say thank you, keep praying. He wants to give thanks to God and everything else. So this is why this is so bizarre. He was at the Super Bowl and he was wearing a jacket. And it was by far the most unflattering uh, depiction of Christ, I think I've ever seen. Now, now this is similar. Y'all want to check this out? That uh, on my YouTube channel, there is a on my archaeology uh, series where the Romans would mock Christians and say that we worshipped a donkey, and it was one of the. It's actually one of the earliest depictions of Jesus. It shows a donkey being crucified, and it shows a man worshiping the donkey. So this is up there. With that, so I bring that up to also point out this is something that people have done to mock our God since He rose from the dead. And the picture of Jesus. So we'll start off with the the front of the of the of the uh, blue and white jacket. Uh, it looks like kind of like a varsity starter jacket, like back in the day when you're in high school. And uh, it's got a picture on his left chest piece of Jesus, his face, a depiction of him, and it's got. Like it's very um, disrespectfully um, drawn. It's like a big crazy looking eyes and bad homeless man looking teeth and uh, just looks like rubies and and warts and all kinds of weird stuff on his head and his face. Um, yeah, it's badly depiction of Jesus by it doesn't it's definitely not done with any type of respectful intent this is not artistic expression this is to make a point just like the donkey head was not artistic expression and then what also brings validity to that observation is that on on the other side of the chest there is without end or beginning written in cursive there's no day or night. So it's mocking without 
end or beginning. Jesus in Revelation is called the beginning and the end. Okay, so this is obviously taking Revelation when John uh, writes this down in the book of Revelation and taking it to be extremely disrespectful. And to fully read it to you, it says, Without end or beginning, there is no day and there is no night. All right. And then on the sleeves in yellow, it says saint on the front. And then on the back, so it really nails the point home to be disrespectful. It's got eternal on the top of it around the shoulders. And uh, like a like how a serial killer would cut out letters and put them on a uh, note, you know, like in a newspaper clipping to scare someone. That's the kind of looks like like that type of style. And then it's got the full art picture of Jesus with the same head on the front, with all the bad teeth and the and the crazy eyes and all that other stuff. And it's got him on a um I don't want to call it a cross, but I don't know what it is. Maybe like a, I don't know. <laughs> Almost looks like something like a urinal. <laughs> and then it has the, the, his garments and stuff around his body as well. So now, so you, people start, because this is extremely puzzling. And people are like, well, why would he say this when he's given praise to God and everything else? And, and this is this is a teaching moment, y'all. Let me explain this to you. We're going to cover a couple things on this. Just because people say God doesn't mean they're Christian. Muslims have, they call Allah God. Is that the same God as ours? No. And just because people even say Jesus doesn't mean it's our Jesus. Mormons believe that Jesus is a uh, brother to Satan. Okay? So, or Jehovah's Witnesses that believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. It's not the same Jesus as ours. So, that's another reason why, when you look at the scripture, Jesus used names that are definitely identified to Yahweh like I am, Ego Aimi, in John 8. He wanted to distinguish himself because even Caesar was called God at this point in time. It's even on, their, on the coins. This is why it's important to use the name Jesus whenever you do speak about God. So somebody will be at an award ceremony like the Grammys or something. I just want to thank God. People cheer and a, and a foolish Christian will be like, oh, that guy, or that guy or girl is part of my team. Oh. That's not what that means. You must proclaim the name of Jesus. It separates. It separates us. So just because Damar Hamlin said, God, don't make him a Christian, number one. Number two, say he was loving the Lord at that point in time because his life was on the line. And now he turned his back from him. This is something we see even in the scripture. We see this even in the scripture. When uh, Moses led the Israelites and that God did all those miracles and he went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments 
and they were worshiping a golden calf after witnessing all those miraculous miracles. And man still did those things. They still turned her back on God. There was a cloud over the, the mountain. There was literally the presence of God was there. They're witnessing this and they still don't care. They still turn to their sin. They still turn their back on God. Whenever, whenever God brought them to safety from the Pharaoh. So this isn't some like mind-blowing thing. This, is, this shows the power of sin. This shows the power of man's rebellion. This shows the power that man wants to fight. Our flesh wants to wrestle with God. Hence God wrestling with Jacob. This shows the power of sin. This shows why God had to send his eternal son to die for us and rise again. Because of the evil wickedness that we have in us and how desperate we are to hold on to it. Or when he was saying God, he really meant Satan or some other God that isn't our triune God, which by default is demonic. So those are the options. But all of them conclude that this is extremely disrespectful. And again, and y'all hear me say this on my other podcasts, ain't nobody would ever do this with Allah or Muhammad or any other, any other faith, but it'll always be Jesus. Number one, because we do turn the cheek and we're told to. But number two, we're also soft. And number three, it's because the world hates the true God. That's why. They're not in odds with anything else besides the true God. That's the issue. And Jesus proclaimed and said this was going to happen. If they persecute me, what makes them think they're not going to persecute you? You're not greater than the master. And the world hates God. Even when Jesus, and you want a New Testament example of this? Even when Jesus took the man who was running around naked, breaking chains, possessed by demons. This guy was a nuisance. No one went near him. He was by a city. Imagine a whole city or a little town that was fenced off on a part of its territory because one man run around naked, breaking chains, possessed by demons. And Jesus cast those demons out. And what did they do? They told him to leave. Because he brought judgment. He brought authority. Because that demon-possessed man changed. And people don't want to change. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit to change. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit to take a Take a heart of stone and turn it into flesh. I almost sound like a Calvinist, don't I? (laughs) Next, we're going to go over this nonstop Kentucky prayer revival that's been going on for now seven days. So as you're listening to this, it's uh, 2-15-2023. And this will probably be uploaded around 8 o'clock tonight at Central Time. So as of this moment in time, this podcast is being recorded... It's still happening, and what? And if you don't know what's going on with this, if it's a uh, nonstop Kentucky prayer revival has been going viral, 
and people are traveling thousands of miles to take part. It's at a small Christian college and a chapel. It's been going on for 24 hours a day, and it's on day seven. And the the chapel is at a service called or at a college called Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. Been going on for seven days straight. The first day, this is what the president said. The first day we had a very ordinary service. I would call it unremarkable, said University President uh, Dr. Kevin Brown. Following a morning service on February 8th, a multicultural gospel choir sang on stage. Some students stuck around afterward, and by evening, more and more had trickled into the sanctuary, creating something special. It has absolutely been a social media that is the mechanism that people found out about this. Asbury University Vice President, the setup is simple. No projector screens or high-tech um, integrations, just wooden sanctuary chairs filled with people and an open altar call with an invitation to prayer that still hasn't ended. So this is, uh, you know, this is pretty cool. And I'm seeing pictures where it's showing students surrounding this chapel just trying to get in. Um, it's blown up, I guess, on TikTok, 24.4 million views alone, just on a few, um, you know, videos of it. So now what are my thoughts on this? Well, this is my thoughts. Uh, well, hold on. Let me, let me share a little bit more with you. So Tuesday night capped the largest crowd yet. 3000 worshipers piled into a college chapel and four overflowed facilities throughout the college town. At least two-thirds of the attendants are from out of state. Students and staff from 22 schools has visited so far alongside groups from Hawaii and Massachusetts. Um, they're trying not to make a brand out of it, even though it's going viral. They're trying to keep it, you know, um, seem authentic. It's acoustic guitars, pianos, and non-charismatic speakers. According to the hall, leading the charge of sanctuary on social media is Gen Z generation. So it's a bunch of young folks. Um, all right. So this has happened before at this, at this chapel. Scenes from Ashbury Revival's 1970 and 2023. So it happened, you know, what is that? Uh, 53 years ago. So that's, you know, it's happened before. I'm not saying that to um, be, say that this isn't legit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's happened at this chapel before, but it's been 53 years. Eh, you know, like what? So what do I think about this? Um, if this is real and this is from God, this is this does mean something. I think it is good that we have students and young folk coming to a place to worship and be a part of this movement. Um, I grew up in the late 90s and early 2000s, and we would do this for with keg parties and rolling parties where people would bring rolling drugs where you would roll. That's what it would be called, you know, and, and dance with neon lights. And I honestly, and I would go, I, I, did, I went to a few of those, although I didn't really partake in that. I liked to drink when I was that age. But uh, I, re I honestly, I remember this. I remember thinking to myself, look at all these people, even myself. And I was, I love, I loved the Lord at this time, but I wasn't, I mean, I didn't really love the Lord. I knew I should love the Lord. How about that? And I remember thinking to myself, 
look at all these people that would, all these young folks that would drive to a keg party, but if I, if I held a Bible study or if someone held a Bible study or a discussion about Jesus, no one would show up. That's how I remember thinking. And, and it convicted me because I knew I should love the Lord because I had a, you know, a religious experience getting saved when I was about six, seven years old. So I knew the Lord was uh, was real, but I just, uh, I was about eight or nine, but I knew that uh, I wasn't living the right way. So I just kind of put it behind me, you know, and I think that's typical for a lot of young people, you know, but that doesn't excuse it, correct? But I remember thinking, what? So all these people would show up at this keg party. They wouldn't show up to to worship Jesus. But this is what we have here. So this is what is happening. And those rolling parties. And I grew up in rural North Florida. And for there to be like five hundred to eight hundred people at a party, which I've seen before, is a massive turnout. This is also a small rural part of Kentucky, and we got thousands. So they're coming there to praise and worship the Lord or to see maybe, maybe some of these people want to see if it's legit. Maybe some of these people want to see experience God. Oh, I'll give it a shot for any of these reasons. It is good because the Bible does say, seek and you shall find call and I shall hear. So this is a good thing. Now I, I don't don't think that like these people are like so slain in the Holy Ghost that they haven't even sat down and they've just been dancing and singing nonstop for seven days. That's not what's happening. People are taking turns or taking, you know, <laughs> they're taking shifts and uh, if you want to call it that, they're, they're rotating, but they're keeping this revival going. So this is a hub for people young, especially young folks, to come and to praise and worship God together. So this is good. Obviously. Now, do I think this means something like this is a, yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think that it's kind of, I mean, listen, I'm obviously skeptic. That's why my channel's name is John 2028. I, I see a lot of parallels with myself with um, Thomas, who had to see the crucifixion holes of Jesus in John 20, 28. And you know, Thomas had to see the holes of Christ for him to fully submit. I did have a religious experience when I was nine years old or so than when I got saved. But again, I, I pushed that away. Didn't matter if you have a religious experience, as we just got on talking about with Hamlin or the Israelites being led through the desert. So none of that matters. You're still going to fight your sin or you're still going to wrestle with sin and your flesh. But I had to look at the evidence of the crucifixion, and that's what led me to Christ, right? Just like Thomas. That's why my channel is named after that, because I examine the evidence of the resurrection. And that's what Paul says. Paul says, because, you know, without the resurrection, our faith is in vain. So I see, so I am a skeptic, but I do, so understand that. And remember, I'm not the, and I've said this before, I'm not the guy who sees Jesus in my cornflakes. Just because I'm a born again Christian does not mean that I'm foolish. I'm still very skeptical at heart. I'm a police officer. It's what we it's what our job is to do. Right? Examine evidence. So with that said, I find it hard to be coincidental. That's why I gave that whole long speech trying to justify what I'm about to say. I find that hard to believe that it's coincidental that this occurred. 
the same time, the same day, as that giant statue of Jesus in Brazil getting struck by lightning. And with all this weird um, weather balloons or whatever that the United States military is shooting down. Uh, I don't think that they're aliens. I think it's probably something from China. And they're not wanting to make it look like we're inept. So they're covering for that by, by speculating to us that it could be something that we don't know. That's my guess. But and it's not that I don't believe in aliens, or I do. You can listen to how I feel about it on some of my podcasts I have on this channel. I'm not going to get into it on here. But I don't think... All, I, it's just hard for me to believe that all this is coincidental. It's just too many things that are happen, happening miraculously. It starts to be... you have. It takes more faith to believe in the coincidental than it does in to actually see what's observing in front of you. And I also think this is a living testimony to how poor our um, church is. Our church is weak and pathetic. If y'all listen to me regularly, I, think, I say this all the time. Where it's taking these young folks to reach out like this when it should be us reaching out to them. But it also shows the hunger for God. The drive for God. The want to know him, want to experience him. And I think that that's a good thing, but it also is a testimony to how we have failed. And this seems to be at a Methodist church, and I know Methodist churches right now are starting to split over homosexual pastors or having homosexuals in their leadership roles, which obviously is non-biblical. It's not biblical at all by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe this is a wake-up call to the branch of the, uh, the Methodist branch. Maybe it is. I don't know. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. All I can say is that it is uncommon to see you know 18 to 22 year olds in college when they're supposed to be partying and and making bad decisions showing up to church for 7 days straight 24 hours a day something is happening okay and that statue getting struck at the same time i mean i just I know that statue's been struck before, and I know this revival's happened before, but it's happened at the same time. I don't know, man. It just seems like something something is is happening. It feels that way, at least. It does. It does. The world's atmosphere, where we're at, it feels that way. All right, and the last thing we're going to look at here, and this was on Tucker Carlson's show a few days ago. Where the FBI has joined or they're making moves to start pushing against Christians. And it looks like they're going to target Catholics first. Now, if you've been on my channel before, on my YouTube channel, I don't, obviously, I'm not a Catholic. Um, and I know a lot of Protestants aren't going to agree with what I'm about to say, but I don't care. Um, even though I, big time or whatever fancy word you want to use, I, 
adamantly disagree with Catholic, with Rome on a lot of their beliefs, especially the papacy. I still view them as my brother and sister. I still view them as they they worship the same God we do. They believe in Father, Son, and Spirit. They uh, they believe Jesus physically died and rose again bodily, and they believe that He is the um, eternal Son. So, like those type of beliefs to me are. are extremely important the soteriology is is firm enough with me so i do take what i'm about to play with you in the same regards if it was a baptist or a methodist or or non-denominational or reformed or anything else i i view them as that way okay so that's why i'm gonna play this i take this as a personal attack and by the way even if you disagree with what i just said about uh catholics um this is how it starts. It will come to us as well if you want to separate us from Rome. It will come to us as well. It will happen to the Baptist church as well. Because this is what the world does. So here it is. FBI sees a new threat. Traditional Catholics. So let's listen to it. In this weird inverted world that we're living in, the criminals are actually the victims. So who are the criminals? Well, obviously, since you're Christians, they're the real problems. Since you're Christians and the middle class, boy, they're dangerous. And the FBI, it's hard to believe this, doubtless there are decent FBI agents, but the FBI as an organization has joined in the hunt for Christians, and we have proof of it. The FBI tried to manufacture crimes against sincere Catholics. The FBI's Richmond field office recently published an internal document promising to punish, quote, radical traditionalist Catholics and their ideology. Now, Okay, so radical traditionalist Catholics. So for... FBI to even be able to determine what a radical Catholic is or not is based upon an objective standard that they themselves has has uh, manufactured. You understand? How can you, who's not a Christian, determine what a radical Christian or Catholic is versus what a what a non-radical Christian or Catholic is? It's not like radical nuns are running around with bombs and blowing themselves up on school buses, right? Like other religions do, right? So what is determining what a radical Christian slash Catholic is? What, what, what is that? Is it based upon their own observation? What is, what's it based upon? What type of, of uh, stance do they hold to this? How can they come to that standard? Oh, they can't. They can't. So it's based upon their own subjective beliefs. They're pushing that on. Well, all to get to determine what a radical Christian or Catholic is. Do you see how dangerous that is? Do you see that slippery slope? Let's continue. Just to make something completely clear, the Bill of Rights prohibits the government from weighing in on sectarian or religious questions. They don't get to decide whether your religion is good or bad. They have to be agnostic on it. That's correct. They have to be agnostic on it because of the reason that I just stated. You can't say one is radical than the other. You have to base it upon individuals. Or if a group does say, like, hey, we're jihadists. We do support killing you know, infidels. We do kill infidels. They're determining this based upon just if you're Catholic. That's not the same thing. It's just if you're Catholic, now you're a radical. Let's continue. 
But the FBI has decided if you're too sincere about Catholicism, you're a criminal. The document cites obvious lies from the fascist and dishonest Southern Poverty Law Center several times. Now, we only have this memo. So there it is. There is their objective moral standard. The Southern Poverty Law, that is their standard. Do you think that's Christian-based? <laughs> Do you? Why don't you just go ahead and look into them real quick and see their stance on anything, especially abortion? Why don't you just look into them? Do you think it's a Christian organization? Do you think it's fair and balanced? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. recently suspended FBI agent called Kyle Serafin brought it to the public and we're great. All right, so this guy is about to talk is a uh, ex-FBI guy. Let's listen to him. Full that he did. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This, it's hard to believe this is even real. This is one of those, what was your reaction when you saw this? Well, my reaction is predictable. I mean, I'm a Catholic, number one, and uh, I think it's appalling. It's one of those things that uh, w when the government has gotten to the point where you talked about our Second Amendment rights and those defend our First Amendment rights to practice our religion, particularly the way that we want to. Um, I'm friends with people who love the Latin Mass. I, I grew up in a, a traditional school where I actually learned Latin in fifth and sixth grade and all the way through high school. And um, it doesn't seem reasonable, but it is the state of the FBI at this point that they are so desperate to find white supremacists that they're going to look at the Catholic Church. But I think if we're realistic about it, what they're doing is they have found a gateway in what they think is fringe Catholicism in order to, um, to move into Christians in general. See, this dude here, Kyle Serafin, Serafin, yeah, S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N, if you want to look him up, Kyle, common spelling, Serafin. He is saying that, yeah, see, this is how it works. This is how it works. You want to... You want to change people. You want to change an ideology. You want to change a culture. You don't just come out with the whole, the whole uh, the ace of spades. You gotta, you gotta play poker. You gotta slowly wear them down inch by inch. If you, you, know, you want to take down a big weather balloon, just small little pokes, small little holes, small little holes. That's what you do. It's how you you bring into now uh, where they're trying to push for child um, pedophilia is a disease or, or where children can at age eight or ten can consent because this is how it starts. Well, homosexuality. It's just two people. It should be married. Well, then you got other alternative lifestyles. And then they start to creep in. And then it just starts to creep in, creep in, creep in. And then it's not, we don't determine what a male or female is. It's how you feel. And then it depends on how this child feels. Does this child consent or not? That's what matters. You think this just sounds crazy? This is how it works. Inch by inch. Slowly and surely. Like a vine around a tree choking it to death. Slowly but surely. And this is how it works. This is how you get the larger population of Americans which are Protestant. Not Protestants ain't gonna matter that much because you know there's there's some tension between us and Catholics. So hey, you know it's it's all right. Hey, hey, and that's how it starts though. They got the same Jesus as us, y'all. Wake up! Wake up! And and declare them to be the actual uh, the criminals in this country or the potential terrorists. And, and that's what I think we're seeing, because this, the whole document basically is written from the, pers the perspective of somebody who thinks that there are significant abortion rights that need to be defended, and also an LD, 
uh, LGBTQ agenda that has to be pushed uh, down the American people's throats. And those are antithetical to Catholicism. So it's, it's pretty easy. It's an open door into Christians in this country, which is pretty much all the country. Yeah, so hey, you know, Rome, Roman Catholics don't, don't follow abortion uh, like, like the government does. They don't, they don't walk in step, and they don't walk in step, but uh, they're not supposed to anyway. I know some Catholic churches uh, do, but I know that it's uh, not supported by Rome. But, have, you know, homosexual pastors and LGBTQ and drag queens and all this other stuff with Bible studies and standing at the pulpit. I know this also happens in Protestant churches as well, by the way. But as a whole, Rome is pushes against this and pushes against abortion. So those those beliefs are radical. Those beliefs are radical. And they need to be looked at with a microscope because their beliefs their beliefs are a threat to the government. Right? But Islam's not, right? <laughs> but Islam's not you see the hypocrisy here? Did you not, did you, can you not figure this out, y'all? That during the COVID lockdown, they kept strip clubs and fast food restaurants open, but wanted to close down churches and did successfully. Can you not figure this out? Can you not figure this out? They don't like you. Stop being soft. Well, yeah, and also Orthodox Judaism and Islam and Mormonism. I mean, they're right. And I, did no one in the FBI say, whoa, whoa, wait a second. It's not our job to decide which is a better religion and criminalize people's religious belief. Did anyone in your world within the Bureau say that? Well, obviously, the whistleblower who brought it to me. Uh, so I'm in contact with a number of people who work in the FBI and have the same yeah. values that probably you and I do. And so, you know, they, they brought it to me. One of them brought it to me and said, this is a problem. And this person is not a Catholic. Uh, yeah. But he or she stated the very simple statement, which is that if they're going to go after radical traditional Catholics, then uh, radical traditional Baptists are next. And ra Boom! Radical traditional evangelicals and, and anybody else that uh, espouses essentially what, what is radical. Which is just a, a Christian faith, and that is well, exactly. uh, dangerous, apparently, in this country. I'm not Catholic either. Uh, I'd be defending the Scientologist or anybody else. Like you, you can't do this. Yeah. So, and I agree with that. By the way, I don't think this should happen to, 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 uh, to you know, atheist, uh, atheist church or a Buddhist church or a Muslim church or a mosque, you know, or Scientology or whatever. This shouldn't happen to anyone in this country. Jesus in the, in the gospel is enough to convert people. We don't need to force it on anybody, right? But for the government to take a stance, this is what it is. And this is going to come eventually. This will come. And it's going to probably happen here, probably in our lifetime. What are you going to do? Are you going to fold like Peter and deny him? Are you going to fold? Are you going to stand? What are you going to do? All you know, none of the apostles. I mean, the women were the ones that showed up to Jesus' tomb. <laughs> Let that sink in. All right? What are you going to do, man? You know, I hope and pray. I mean, I'm talking big game right now. But I hope and pray. I have the guts 
not fold. And I hope and pray that God forgives me if I, if I do fold. And I'll tell you what, I don't deserve it. But he will. And this is the beauty of our God. And that's why they don't like it. They also do the same thing in China. They're busting into Chinese um, churches and making them, you know, not seeing hymns and trying to take away the Bible and everything else. This is this is the world. The world hates Jesus, y'all. And they're going to hate us because we're we're you know we're connected to them. So, yeah, I don't mean to bring doom and gloom to you today. But I need you to understand the reality of this. The world is getting bad. And we know the script, though, don't we? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Jesus is Lord. You're either going to do it when you're alive and you'll have eternal life and convert and be convicted and repent and follow the Lord. Or you're going to do it on judgment day and then he's going to toss you into the lake of fire and you're going to burn for eternity. It's that simple. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.